Ruby Ryder here. Welcome to Baking Paradise Podcast number 298. Changing the world one ass at a time. My mission here at Pegging Paradise Podcast is first and foremost to spread the word about pegging. I offer you accurate information to dispel the common myths and misconceptions. Basically, I spread the knowledge so that you can get onto the thrill of spreading your cheeks or your partners. Another part of my mission is encouraging you to explore your out-of-the-box sexual interests without shame or embarrassment. Shame is the silent saboteur of sexual satisfaction. Don't let it stop you from delving into the world of pegging and any other consensual safe kink that calls to you. The journey can be exhilarating, breathtaking, and life-changing. If you would like to support this mission, become a patron of my work. All patrons have access to the podcast a day early, as well as a 24-7 chat channel full of pegging and aficionados from all over the world. Rewards for the various levels of monthly support include written and audio erotica to titillate and instigate. You can also make a yearly one-time donation and receive the same benefits as a monthly patron. Just click the donate button. Another way to support my work is by shopping at enticeme.com. That little black dress of pleasure products. Head over to Entice Me and peruse a meticulously curated selection of luxury body safe non-toxic toys specifically chosen for your thrills and satisfaction. For free shipping of your entire purchase, use the coupon code RIDER, that's R-Y-D-E-R. Need help figuring out which pegging equipment is the best choice for you? I offer free equipment phone consultations for customers of Entice Me, and you will be supporting my mission of spreading cheeks around the world. And speaking of phone consultations, I just got set up on Calendly, which for those of you who do not know, is a scheduling app. And what I offer now is private consultations. I've been offering those for some time. The type of consultations I excel at are guiding prostate owners in solo anal exploration, helping people talk with their partners about pegging, helping couples navigate the initial exploration of pegging, guiding couples through a fine tuning of their pegging experience, and helping people accept their kinks. Uh, My private consultations are professional instruction consultation only. I am not a cam girl, (laughs) but now it's all set up and it's completely automated. You just click the schedule a consultation button. It's under learn. (laughs) Okay. And it'll take you to the whole scheduling process right there. Uh, The charge for my private consultations is $75 for 30 minutes or $100 for 60 minutes. So you can check that out if you like and schedule if you feel the need. Be happy to help you in any way I can. So hey, let's get to your letters. Right off the bat here, folks, we have pegging celebration time. considered posting on your forum. However, I may still point my wife to your website as a resource. I know she'll read, but podcasts are too much of a time investment, and I wouldn't want her thinking I was making our sex life public. I thought I'd share my story with you as your website was a part of my finally asking for what I desired 
and eventually getting it. I grew an interest in pegging over a decade ago, well before I met my wife, as most men do from the porn online. I'd played with my ass a little by myself from time to time until I met my wife and put that side of my sexuality away. For years, I kept it to myself, occasionally watching amateur videos of doting wives treating their husband to the very thing I desired. Eventually, after reading a mainstream book about better sex for couples during a lull in our marriage, once I felt a little more sexually confident, I bought myself an Aneros toy and would use it in the short time I had between the kids going to bed and the wife getting home from work on a weekday. I discovered the pleasure again ended up with two, which were hidden mainly due to a nervousness rather than shame. Eventually, I told my wife about them, and she was open to me having one in during intercourse, which, of course, magnified my orgasm. After that, I went back to the internet and found your website and podcast. I took on a little of your advice about pegging. I realized I wasn't the only bloke in the world wanting this. One night, I mentioned and explained it to the wife in bed. She laughed at me and flatly refused. I was dejected, depressed, and on the point of tears. The next day, she apologized, realizing all I was doing was voicing my desires. I asked her kindly to think about it. Over three years passed before the idea of even a toy in the bedroom came about again. I had not mentioned my desires or anything again. Our sex life was irregular, and I spent more time on her pleasure than I did on mine. Over that time, I went back to the porn for a little release of my fantasy. My wife finally left a job she was hating. I supported her move as much as I could. I'm guessing the stress might have been the only thing stopping her exploring our sexuality a little. This Christmas past, my wife surprised me the night of the 25th of December with a selection of sex toys. We used each one multiple times and played sexual card games, which she'd also purchased from the local store. Over the course of a week, I lost track of how much sex we had. One night after we'd finished, I mentioned in passing, as we're playing with toys now, it's reawakened the desire for me to be pegged. She told me it was already planned for my birthday, which was only just over a month away. She ordered the harness and dildo kit, opened it, made me look at it, and put it away over three weeks before my birthday. The tease of this was almost enough to push me over the edge. She spent the next three weeks teasing me, including a little playful blackmail until the day came. She'd done just as I asked, lingerie including stockings and heels, as there is something about a beautiful woman in feminine lingerie wielding a strap-on cock, which is particularly arousing. She made me put the harness and dildo on her as I was rock-fucking-hard and having trouble concentrating on the new equipment. Strapped on and ready, we decided on her coming from behind as we have a significant height difference. I'll leave the rest out, but between a couple position changes and adjustments, I came like I'd never before. She asked me to tell her what to do, but once she'd hit the spot, I could barely think, let alone form a coherent sentence. I asked a couple days later how it was for her, and she'd had a friction burn from the sheets, so I'll let her put the stockings away next time to see if it helps, as I can't have my wife being uncomfortable, despite how much of a turn-on the stockings are for me. She said she felt, quote, weird, end quote, but I'm sure that's first-time jitters, mainly. I'll ask her how I can make her more comfortable. 
Next time she's decided to turn on the bullet vibe in the pocket on the harness. Yes, there's a next time, and I cannot fucking wait. I know that's a lot of words, but it was a long journey for me. I'm so damn glad I confided in my wife about my desires. I'm thankful for your writings and the reassurance they gave me, which in turn gave me the confidence to finally ask for what I wanted. And I've had it and want more, now to find the balance between our pleasure. Thank you again for your website and the resources. Without them, I would never have made that request and never have experienced the joy of being pegged. Oh, sir, congratulations. (laughs) This is an older letter which I fished out of my inbox. I can't believe I did not see this one or that it slipped through the cracks, but I hope you have had much enjoyable pegging since you wrote this because it's been a while and I offer my best congratulations. It was such a pleasure to play the music for you. And if anything I put out into the world helped you on your sexy path, I am honored. (laughs) Thanks for writing in and telling us about your journey. Okay, here's my next letter. And here is another pegging celebration time. couple has been pegging for a little bit now, but their journey did not start too long ago and is described well in this letter. Hello, Ruby. I'm excited to finally message you about my journey as you and the stories you share have been so helpful to me and I hope I can be helpful to others. My message will include at least one direct question. I'll put that at the end. Hopefully this ends up being structured well and I apologize in advance for this being a long one. For context, I'm a male in his late 20s. I guess a good beginning point is to mention that I've always been an open-minded person. At the same time, I keep those open thoughts in my mind and rarely ask questions of others. Choosing instead to figure it out myself, do my own research, and not bring much attention to myself. This happens for a lot of things in life, but it's also true for sexual exploration. As far back as I can remember, I've been curious about butt and prostate play, and in my teen years, I researched and found Aneros and their product line. There was a nearby sex toy shop which sold their products, and I purchased one shortly after turning 18 years old. The Aneros Helix, if I recall correctly. I used it on occasion, and it did make my masturbatory orgasms more powerful, but my diet was very poor, and it was often difficult to find a time where I felt comfortable putting something in my butt. I held on to the toy. I still have it, actually, but I didn't touch it for a while outside of rare occasions. I tried playing with it with an ex, and we had mixed results. Ultimately, that relationship fell apart, in part due to a lack of intimacy between us. We weren't the best at communicating with each other. We each had our own issues to work through in life, and ultimately it was for the best that we moved on. It took some time to move on from my first and at that time only serious relationship, but I can say I did it. I focused on healthy self-improvement for my physical, mental, and emotional health, which brings me to low-carb diets. 
I remember in a podcast episode, you mentioned trying keto out to lose some COVID weight. I hope that has gone well for you or is going well. Or if you've moved on to another way of eating, I hope it serves you. I can say that I lost over 100 pounds doing low-carb dieting, mixing in intermittent fasting too. How this overlaps with pegging and prostate is rather interesting though. I find I work best with a pretty low-fiber version of a ketogenic diet. I don't know if I have IBS or something, but very fibrous foods don't leave me feeling the best or having the best bowel movements. Keeping it very low fiber actually helps me a lot. My BMs are very near ideal, more so than ever before in my life, and when I go, I'm able to really empty out my rectal cavity. As a result, most of the time I'm ready for play. If I have a BM and take a shower to just feel it out in there to make sure. I've never used an enema and haven't had any accidents or issues yet. Now, I'm not trying to advocate for my specific way of eating, more so trying to show how many variations there are out there and thought you might find it interesting. It really seems like eliminating those processed grains helps so many things. Sorry for the tangent. Anyway, over the last couple of years, I felt confident again to explore relationships. I feel like the luckiest man in the world for meeting my current life partner, and we intend to be together for a long, long, long time. When we first started going out, we didn't make sexual acts much of a focus for us. As our relationship developed, we explored more, though. We're both open-minded people, and for both of us, our priority and what gets us off the most is seeing our partner in pleasure and knowing that they like what we're doing. So really, anything goes for us, as long as at least one of us is into it. There isn't a whole lot we definitely wouldn't try if the other wanted it. This is when I stumbled upon your podcast. I was searching Spotify for a pegging podcast, and yours is probably the most perfect thing for me as someone who loves to learn. This was over a year ago now, and we listened to the main episodes about basic education and information for women and men and couples. My partner was open to trying it at first, but over time has become more and more interested in it. Hell, I'd say she likes it more than I do. She at first found it difficult being the more dominant one, and now is far more comfortable and really enjoys taking control in that way, which I find to be a major turn-on. And I find it additionally to be a turn-on since she knows that it's a turn-on for me, which turns her on. (laughs) It's a beautiful infinite regression of intimacy and love between us, and I will say it many times that I feel so incredibly lucky as a person to have her as my partner. We've pegged probably half a dozen times at this point, but with many more instances of other prostate play. Pegging has helped change our lives, and you've been an incredibly valuable part of that journey. I've listened to almost all of the podcast episodes, even the ones that aren't super relevant to my interests, as I'm continually curious of other people's perspectives. Pegging has encouraged my partner to get more fit, as it's hard work and she wants to be able to fuck me longer and harder without getting worn out. It's also opened up so many other toys and sex acts that we otherwise wouldn't have thought of. Things like ball stretchers and prostate toys, but also various dildos and vibrators we can share, and impact toys. I can't recommend the WeVibe Vector or B-Vibe snug plugs enough. They're so comfortable and fun to incorporate into our sex life. Now to the question. 
I know there was a podcast that probably talked about this, but I can't remember it at the moment. We have plenty of toys and I've browsed your Entice Me. Our next investment will probably be in a Liberator of some variety, but at some point we're probably going to invest in a quality sex swing. The only one in the Entice Me is a door-mounted one, which wouldn't be ideal. Meanwhile, a ceiling-mounted one is more effort than we'd like to go through to make sure we do it right and don't have a great place for it anyway. The other alternative is a sex swing on a stand, which seems like the best fit for this. Are there any stands you know of that you would recommend, as well as swings that would work with those stands? Any guidance in this area of sex swings and stands would be great. Weight is probably not a concern as long as the stand can handle 300 pounds, which I think most out there do. Most of the reviews for sex swings and stands do so under the assumption of the woman being in the swing, so I don't know if there are any particular things to keep in mind for the opposite. I'm very average height, and my partner is slightly above average height for women, still shorter than me, so dealing with extremes in this regard is also not a concern. Thank you for reading through this essay, and I appreciate any advice. I hope the best for you in that you continue to find ways to spread the good word of pegging far and wide. I saw you haven't been posting on TikTok in a while, which seems for the best as any discussion of sex acts there seems to be impossible. You can't even search hashtag pegging there to find content related to it. How fucked is that? (laughs) With regards, T. (laughs) T, wow. Thank you so much for describing that journey. From the beginning of your interest with anal play and prostate play, that's amazing. I absolutely have a recommendation for you for a sex swing. First, let me repeat what someone schooled me in not too long ago, which is that swings have two attachments. This makes sense, you know, swings at a playground, that kind of thing. Slings have more attachments, like the stand that you're speaking of would typically have four attachments. So I have one like this, and it is called the Gym Support Sex Sling. I bought a combo set, which included the the sling itself, which is the thing that you lay in, okay, and all the things to attach it to the stand and a duffel bag that it breaks down into, seriously. (laughs) So it sounds like the perfect solution for you. And while it is a pricey proposition, I can honestly say it's one of the best investments I have ever made. And, you know, I'm a professional, so that's part of the reason. (laughs) But also, it's just an exceptionally well-made sling. And it does handle, I, I used to say it handles up to 300 pounds, but I checked on their website just recently because I just happened to have written a review of my sling. And now they're saying it holds up to 400 pounds. There are three different choices for the stand. There's a classic one. There is a tall one, which they recommend for anybody over six foot. I got that one because when I'm in heels, I'm six two. And then there's beefy, which handles uh, over 450 pounds, I think up to 600. So those are your choices in terms of the stand. And it does require a four foot by six foot footprint but it does break down to a duffel bag. (laughs) And if you get one, one of the things that I consider to be essential when I got this is a lube holder. There's like a little metal thing that will attach to one of the poles that holds your lube. Because if you think about it, the person doing the pegging is standing, right? Or if you're fucking her in this stand, either way, you're standing. And so putting it on some kind of a little end table or a chair or something like that, it's just too far to reach down there. And perhaps that's because I'm a really tall person with really long legs, 
but I found that having it attached to the pole right there, I didn't have to pull the toy out of my partner to reach the lube, which is clearly a better um, situation than having to pull out every time you need more lube. That's not cool. Uh, the other thing, the addition that I got that I totally recommend if it appeals to you, is I got that acrylic convex mirror. And so what this does is you attach it to the bars up top of the stand. And what it does is it allows you to move it in any direction you want so that you laying there can watch yourself getting fucked. I mean, you could put it in a position where the person fucking you could look up and, and watch as well. But I mean, it works so well for the receiver being totally relaxed, laying there with your head supported, scooted really far up into the, the sling part of it and all relax and being able to just look up at that mirror and watch yourself getting fucked. It can be magical. <laughs> it can be really, really fun if you enjoy that visual and have never really been able to fully take it in. This mirror will allow you to. So I'm going to link to the review that I wrote, which just went up the other day. And I'm also going to put a picture up on this podcast of that sling that I have. Like I say, again, I cannot recommend it highly enough and it is very pricey. I think, you know, the, with all the stuff combined that I talked about, it's probably about a $700 purchase. So it's really pricey, but it will last and last and last. And there are so many other things that you can do with it too. If you two are into any kind of bondage or restraint type of stuff, you can use this frame for that type of play as well. Like tie your partner into the middle of it and then do impact play. There's a whole bunch of different things you can do with it. It's also very, very good for any kind of less able-bodied people, whether you are a receiver that's less able-bodied or a giver with maybe, let's say, bad hips or bad back. It's fantastic. Anyway, um, that and more information is in the review. Uh, check it out. And if you have not bought a sling before now, there you go. <laughs> Thanks so much for writing in and describing your journey. And thank you for the question as well. It was timely because I literally just finished that review. And here's my next letter. So this is from someone who has written in and I have read their things on my podcast twice, once in podcast number 260 and once in podcast number 293. And they're known as Special Pony Boy. <laughs> and this post is looking back one year later. My wife and I started pegging just about a year ago and have made it a regular weekly thing. I didn't do a first-time report at the time. It was wonderful, by the way. But I figured I'd share some impressions after a year. Keep in mind this is just from my very limited perspective. I'd love to hear your own experience. I really, really love it. <laughs> it's like a whole new dimension of my sexuality has opened up. I now think of myself as much a bottom as a top. Despite the fact that I really, really love it, it has not supplanted any of our regular sexual activity. We still do all the other stuff we used to do, including me topping her, for example. In fact, we probably do more of all kinds of sex because this has made us closer. It is really intimate. All the sensations, feelings, and emotions that come are overwhelming, and that is pretty apparent, apparently. My wife says she has learned a lot about reading my body. We've been together for over two decades. Gotta make peace with the prep. 
Despite changing my diet and adding psyllium husk, I still have to prep before play. Took quite a while to learn a routine that works for me, and it is still a chore to perform. Usually takes about 20 to 30 minutes. Not very pleasant or comfortable. But I remember that women have been doing unpleasant and uncomfortable things in the name of beauty for a long time. Shaving, waxing, plucking. So I suck it up and do my primping. Usually roll it into my other play night prep, like getting home early, getting myself, the house, and her cocktail ready before she comes home. That makes it more enjoyable. It's cool being a receiver. When you're the one giving the fuck and using your penis, you got to manage that thing the whole time. First, you got to be excited enough to get hard, but not so excited that you blow in the first five minutes. You have to get it up and in, then watch your partner so you don't finish before they do, and it's not always easy to tell. And then if you wait too long, you may not be able to come yourself at all. Part of your mind is always thinking about how the encounter will end rather than being in the moment. If you're a receiver, even if you're active, it doesn't matter what your dick is doing. You don't have to worry about the orgasm cycle of you and your partner. You can just take it for like hours if you want to. You can just be there and let yourself feel so fucking good and not worry about a thing. That's my two cents. I'd love to hear what others think. (laughs) So I found this post on Reddit and realized that it was the same person and had to share it with you because I love that take on pegging. And especially it's so well described about what the multitasking. I talk about that in my beginner's class about the multitasking of having a cock and doing PIV, meaning penis and a vagina. I talk about that and how it's completely different when you are the receiver. But usually I make the point using the whole multitasking thing about how vagina owners don't really get what's involved in being a cock owner and doing PIV. They don't get that multitasking and never will because we strap it on and it's always hard, right? But I really hadn't heard someone so eloquently describe what it was like, the multitasking. And especially this part here really um, hit home for me is not the right word for it because clearly I don't have a, a biocock, but but it struck me. Let me just put it that way. Part of your mind is always thinking about how the encounter will end rather than being in the moment. And life, the best of life is being in the moment, right? I mean, over and over and over again, we hear this. And this has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But one of the most in the moment times I can remember in my life was river rafting. Seriously, (laughs) man, you are so in the moment going down that river and knowing what you have to do and your river guide on the boat telling you to do this and do that. It's intense. And that in the moment thing is so magical, no matter where you find it in life. A lot of people find it in sex. So to find out that even though this is sex, And you're still not in the moment because you're multitasking because you're using your biocock. All of it is particularly fascinating to me. So thank you so much for that write-up. And yes, I'm really curious as to what other people think as well. Thank you so much for posting that up. And uh, I had a pleasure reading it on my podcast here. Okay, here's my next letter. This is a review, kind of, and an opinion on the snug plugs, the different sizes. This person has been using them for some time, and this is their take on the snug plugs. Snug plugs. I have number one, two, three, and four. 
While I am thrilled with them, I wouldn't describe them as breathtaking. <laughs> They're not that kind of toy. <laughs> and I think this uh, particular sentence was meant uh, because I posted, I'll put a link to this in the show notes, I posted a blog post about breathtaking butt plugs. Okay, but this person goes on to say, number one is just too small, maybe intended for a first timer. Number two is perfect for a long-term wear. Since I always use a condom on any butt plug, I bought the small ones to fit it. Number three is great, but for more than a short period of time, the weight pushing down can be an issue. Too much pressure from the inside, like excessive straining when defecating, can cause problems. Of course, pressure from the outside is pleasurable without the downsides. I really love to wear it when I am cycling. A narrow bike saddle, which is far more comfortable than the tractor seats you see in the gym, gives the required support to the T-shaped handle. A normal narrow saddle does not contact the anus, so there's a bit of room to work with. A long flat ride where I am on the saddle most of the time is an ideal time to wear number three. It's so comfortable I can forget about it, but can clench my cheeks anytime I want a reminder. Number four is a special treat for now and then. It works best when I'm on my life cycle, which has a narrow seat like my road bike. The whole reason or justification for delving into the world of butt plugs was prostate health. While I still get up at night, it's much less often, which is a good sign. My girlfriend is very vanilla, but she knows about me using the plugs. I have managed to get her to spank me now and then. At some point, I would like to have a snug plug inserted when she does that. I've read that a hard swat will cause the recipient to clench, meaning prostate stimulation courtesy of the plug. On the few occasions when I've gotten a longer spanking, I felt very close to her emotionally, and immediately afterwards there was a physical reaction somewhat similar to post-orgasmic sensations. Adding the plug sounds delightful. We shall see. (laughs) Oh, bringing in that spanking element can be really delicious. And I know what you mean about the emotional sort of after effects of the spanking. Yes, people report that a lot about feeling very, very close to their partner after the impact play in the spanking. So that's delicious. And I hope you've gotten to experience it by now. Thank you so much for writing in and giving us your lovely dissertation on snug plugs number one, two, three, and four. (laughs) And for everyone listening, I will have the links for those in the show notes, of course. And I have one more suggestion for you, actually. I really appreciate this review of these four butt plugs and you taking the time to do this. You might find that the vibrating B-Vibe snug plugs are breathtaking. (laughs) There's two different sizes. There's a small one, 1.2 in diameter. And there is a, uh, I would call it an extra large one, 1.7 in diameter, which is pretty hefty. Both of those vibrate. They have four different powers of vibration and six different vibrational patterns. So yeah, that might be breathtaking. You never know. (laughs) Just thought I'd suggest it. (laughs) Here is my next letter. I heard you the first time a couple of weeks back on a podcast that was discussing, you guessed it, pegging. I checked out most of the info on your page and found it very helpful. So quick background, I'm 45, turning 46 in a couple of weeks. 
insane to think I'm four years from 50. My wife is a year younger than me, and we've been together since we met in 2004, getting married in 2007. Two daughters, eight and 10, with two good careers, a great life, and we're one of those lucky couples that has always enjoyed a great sex life. That being said, it's probably better now than ever, and I find my wife hotter now than when she was in her 20s. She's never allowed anal, and it's based on a bad experience. I've always wanted to, and probably ask once a year or so. We did recently discover she loves rimming me to her, and it makes her go wild. When we were maybe two to three years in, she suggested handcuffs. For whatever reason, I wasn't really into them, and she never really brought it up again. We've used toys a little here and there, but again, I was never really into it. Most of that was based on my own insecurities. I'm average at best, and it used to bother me, though I've never had any complaints, and my immaturity and my lack of understanding. Anyway, We've used toys more and more, and she really prefers clitoral as opposed to much penetration with the toys anyway, so my insecurities were misguided at best and stupid at worst. We even tried a little prostate massager for me, which was definitely a new experience. Laying there being penetrated was an odd feeling, but I liked it. A lot. She joked about a strap-on, and we laughed it off, although I knew the seed was planted. Knowing she hated anal, I assumed she'd have no interest in pegging. Anyway, I suggested we tie her up a couple weeks ago, and I could tell she was definitely into it. So I bought what we needed. We had a date night, no kids, and it was fucking amazing for us both. One of our best sessions in 20 years of experience. That night, I used all manner of toys, spanked, went down on, rimmed, fucked, and treated her to a fantasy she'd always had, and she said as much. We spent the next week smiling every time we made eye contact, texting from work all day because we couldn't keep it out of our minds. I'm like, how could we have not been doing this all these years? Why didn't you ever ask? She just assumed I wasn't into it. That has been addressed and permanently. This experience also bonded us, and I love her more now than I did two weeks ago, and she says the same. So, I figured it was now or never on the pegging thing. She was really surprised that I'd want it, but says we can give it a try. It's like you said on the webinar, I have no desire to get fucked by a man. I have a very strong desire to be fucked by her. But yet, and still, I'm trying to figure out my feelings here. One minute I'm fantasizing about it and going crazy. The next minute I'm cringing at the thought of getting on my knees in front of my wife. A lot of internal dialogue going on. I texted her yesterday and said I was being very unproductive at work. She said, mind in gutter? Which it was, and she knew it. She then sent me a pic of our latest Amazon delivery, a big bottle of anal lube. So I'm debating myself over it, and meanwhile, she's ordered the best lube on the market. I am still wondering if she's just doing this for me or if she wants to as well. This is definitely new territory for us both. Well, my mom is keeping the kids tomorrow night, so date night is coming up. I want to tie her up again, and we'll do so. But I also know the pegging option will be on the table. I'm half delighted, half noncommittal, half terrified, half hard just typing this, so my emotions are all over the place. Guessing some alcohol will be required. I wrote all of that to ask you this. Based on what I've said, do you think she's looking forward to it? What is the best position to go with in our situation, and do you have any advice? Thank you for the great information you're putting out there for people. I'll probably have her listen to your webinar tonight, although maybe it was me needing it more so than her. Just a confusing dynamic I'm trying to wrap my brain around. 
Oh, one last question. Is there any chance I'd get her to try anal based on the new rimming pleasure? And also, I've been putting pressure on it when behind her, but haven't penetrated her out of respect. Any advice there? I'd appreciate any advice you have for newbies like us. You must be an awesome woman. My wife has a similar voice to yours, but with a Ukrainian accent. (laughs) Terrified yet horny in North Carolina. Bob. (laughs) Okay, so Bob. Wow, thank you so much for writing that in. That's awesome. And let's see here, scrolling back. So first I want to address the handcuffs thing where she said handcuffs and you went, man, not really into it. So this happens a lot with couples where because a person isn't really into something, a lot of assumptions are made. Like for example, okay, so how about you put handcuffs on me? And you're like, nah, not really into that. So then she, it seems, assumed, okay, you're totally not into like tying me up and restraining me and toying with me in a rather dominant way while I am submissive and helpless, which is a huge leap to make, okay? You could have said no because maybe you read an article that maybe handcuffs aren't the best thing to put on your hands because they can damage your wrists or things, you know? So yes, people do this all the time. This is why I really suggest talking in depth, exploring things in depth, get curious, ask questions. Like uh, it would be have been ideal if when you she said, hey, you know, handcuffs, and you're like, no, I'm not really into that. Really, I'm curious, what about it is something that doesn't appeal to you? Let's talk about this. Because just when you get curious, you find out so many things, as opposed to making assumptions, which can be totally, totally wrong, (laughs) okay? So yes, I am thrilled that you have begun to explore more and more and more. Now, I do have to mention, if you've listened to my podcast, you know I'm going to say this, you bought anal lube from Amazon, not a good thing to buy on Amazon. I just have to say that. Please make sure you have quality lube. I know you said she bought the best lube out there, but uh, Amazon is always a dicey proposition. It'd be better if you'd shop maybe at SheVibe or something like that where you can get really cheap prices, but you are not subject to potential knockoffs and things from China and all kinds of dust stuff like that. So just had to mention that. So now, um, you are having all kinds of feelings back and forth about this. This is not unusual at all. I think it's because of a lot of different things. Part of it is that cock owners in our society and sexually are pretty much trained to be givers. So the receiver position is sometimes not at all comfortable in the beginning. But if you listen to the first part of this podcast and how this person who wrote in described how delicious it was and how enjoyable to be able to just lay back, not multitask and receive, uh, maybe (laughs) this will give you some reassurance here. Now you ask me as well, whether she's just doing it for you, I think is how you phrased it. Let me go find this again. No, that's not what you said. You said, do I think she's looking forward to it? So it's impossible for me to know what's in your wife's brain. It's totally impossible. Having read what you described thus far in your journey, it sounds like you have this wonderful sexual compatibility that the exploration recently has brought you even closer together and that you're in a really good space sexually. 
So I think that she's absolutely looking forward to more sexual exploration with you. There might be some trepidation, but yeah, why would she not be, right? Now, the best position to go with in your situation is often for new givers something that is easier for the giver. Because as I mentioned in my webinar, and I you know this from taking my webinar, that it, this learning curve is, can be steep and it's an athletic event and most givers are not prepared for this. So choosing a position where it's easier for them is better. Now, if you don't have good knees, since you're coming up on 50, <laughs> there's no shade being thrown here. I am 65, dude, okay? <laughs> and I'm working on my knees all the time at the gym. <laughs> so, But if your knees are bad, then the cowboy position is maybe not so good, but it's wonderful for her because she doesn't have to do a whole lot but I'm going to refer you to an article I wrote about best positions for givers. I think there's two or three in there that I recommend, and that could make it easier for her, but I really suggest that you just experiment and play and have fun with it. It does not need to be perfect the first time, and it rarely, rarely is. Uh, one more thing I want to mention, you said something about alcohol will be required. Please not too much. It's really important to be present it's really, really important to be present. I mean, if you're someone who can relax after a really hard workout at the gym, I would recommend that instead, actually. And now let me address your last question. Is there any chance you could get her to try anal based on the new rimming pleasure? And also, oh, you said you've been putting pressure on it when behind her, but haven't penetrated her out of respect. I'm so glad that you have not penetrated her out of respect because any type of exploration in that territory has to be consensual. It has to. You may never get to put your cock in her ass, okay? <laughs> it may never happen and you just have to accept that. You can try to suggest to her, I want to do all kinds of play with your ass, but I promise I will never ever penetrate it until you want it or you ask me to. And that day may never come. But this is a situation where uh, I wrote this in one of my articles about introducing your partner to pegging, written in the direction of talking to a potential giver from a potential receiver, a hopeful receiver. And one of the things that I put as an edit at the end, I believe, when someone brought it up is, you know, one of the things a lot of receivers think is, well, if I can get her to do anal, then maybe she'll be more open to doing anal on me. There are a bunch of us givers of pegging out there who simply don't want anal on us. Not interested, not interested. And the reason the rimming feels so good is because there's this very dense collection of pleasure receptor tissue in the anal sphincter and the anus right there. That's why it feels so wonderful. But yes, we are happy to do the digital exploration to with the small toys and with the pegging, but stay the fuck away from putting things in my ass. <laughs> so, you know, I don't have the magic formula for you here. You can certainly ask her, but uh, don't badger her and absolutely don't push more when you're back there playing. I think you ought to make it really clear. Look, I'm going to rim you for as long as I want to and as long as you love it, but I will never put anything in there until you ask me. And I get that that may never happen, but that's the rule because that will allow her to relax and she just might surprise you. That is how I would suggest approaching it. 
I'm glad that she enjoys the rimming so much, though. That's got to be really fun because in my world, there is nothing that opens up an ass more pleasurably than a warm, wet tongue. Oh my God, right? <laughs> so yes, have fun with all that. Have fun, have fun. And you've already taken the webinar, so you have all of the uh, information you need to start pegging. I would definitely suggest she listen to it because there's just a lot of stuff in there. And I think that education empowers you. It empowers you and it informs you. And the empowerment partly comes from the information that you're getting, the accurate information. You feel more prepared to do something brand new if you know a lot more about it. And it can certainly prevent injuries and, and not too much on the alcohol because yes, we're going to prevent injuries. You need to be present enough to tell her if something doesn't feel right. She needs to be present enough to receive that information and act accordingly, <laughs> okay? No, oh, I think I can do this if I'm drunk enough. No, 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 please do not do that. So terrified yet horny, Bob, I hope uh, it all goes well and please do write us and let us know what happens. <laughs> Thank you so much for your letter. Okay, Pegging Paradise is where you can find my blogs, my podcasts, and my erotica. Pegging 101 offers informational pegging articles only with no kink. And theartofpegging.com offers a collection of my TikTok videos. Uh, all of my erotica for my patrons, the ability to sign up as a patron is over there. And I have my recorded beginner's webinar over there, which you can purchase and view at your leisure. And it also comes with a certificate of completion. <laughs> the follow tabs have links for you to subscribe to my blog, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, FetLife, Reddit, and TikTok. When you order exciting new toys from Entice Me, please remember to use that coupon code RIDER for free shipping. And send your questions to Ruby at peggingparadise.com. No question is too lengthy too literal, or too lascivious. My learners are going to learn along with you, so don't hesitate. Please throw those questions in my mailbox or record your question on the voice app of your phone and send it to me. Thank you so much for downloading and listening. You rock. Happy pegging and no shame.